Hey everybody, it's your girl Queenie Love here, and I am back with um with a new show. Many of you probably have been following and watching and see that I am now um the host of Cut to the Curious podcast, uh, formerly known as the Relationship Zone. We have pivoted a little bit, changed a few things, and we are um just exploring the curiosity. Many of you know, I'm super curious about life and learning about people and their stories and their hows and their whys. And so why not just um, focus on the things that I'm most curious about and have an opportunity to share with those of you that are super curious as well. Uh, you've written me letters and told me certain topics that you wanted to get into and special guests you wanted me to have. and I've listened and I now have um, the opportunity to sit down with some of the authors that you've um, heard me talk about over the years, uh, discuss certain um, books and certain companies and dig into you know the visions of a lot of people that uh, I've been blessed to, to know. Um, I have so many different guests that are coming and today is no different. I have Miss um, Erica Jackson, who is an author and I have taken her on and told her that she is my mentor. And uh, I just told her that, right? This is what we're gonna do. And, and um, but I, I met her some time ago and uh, I was just enamored by her presence and presentation that she offered at a luncheon that I was um, participating in. And I just fell in love with her passion um, for empowering people and speaking truth and, I've gotten an opportunity to get to know her over the last couple of months and I'm absolutely not disappointed at all in getting to know the person. You know, there's a saying that it says like, you should never get to know your heroes, right? And it's because oftentimes when you get to know the people that you are most impressed with from afar, when you get to know them up close and personal, you realize that they are just as messy as you are, right? Um, and sometimes that can be disappointing. For me, I welcome the mess because I know how life can be. And um, I'm not always, uh, not oftentimes am I disappointed in getting to know a person if they allow me to. Um, I think the heroes that you sometimes probably shouldn't even bother are the ones that ignore you along the way. You know, you kind of idolize people and they don't even speak to you when you're out there. But Miss Jackson was not that person. Uh, I spoke to her at the event, let her know. Um, how much her story and her presence had meant to me just in that moment. She captivated an entire audience and um, she didn't shun me away and said she welcomed me and uh, purchased her book. We'll get into that while on this particular uh, recording. Uh, one of her books, 13 is the name of this one. Um, it jumped right out at me as I read it and I was like, okay, listen, I got to somehow utilize some of your book and um, have a discussion with you on the show and she said, okay. And um, so here we are today, uh, just chatting it up. And I definitely hope that you check out Miss EJ Jackson, um, AKA Miss Erica Jackson. I hope that you check her out and um, follow her on social media. I'll make sure that you um, have her contact um, in the links. I am not sure if her books are on Amazon, but I'll make sure that we find out. And if so, then would love for you all to go and 
at least get this 13 book because it is when I say it's real, it's like, <laughs> it's like you really are, you know, like reading a book, you know, or talking to your auntie about it. I mean, it's just so real and so matter of fact and so in your face. And I love that about this, um, the, the book that she uh, wrote. Um, so, all right, let me go ahead and bring Miss Jackson to studio again. Um, sit back and let's go ahead and cut to the curious of this thing. Erica, are you there? I am here. I am here. And I, I, I want to thank you for that uh, very, very wonderful introduction. <laughs> uh, and very happy to, to be here today. Uh, I do have, <clears throat> I always tell people that I, I, I'm like an onion, uh, that I have a lot of layers. Uh, and I, I promise that in this setting that I will not hold back uh, anything that I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about anything that you want to know about, I will answer uh, as openly and honest as I possibly can. That's just who I am. I think more people should be transparent uh, and get out of this business of it's nobody's business. Because uh, that's just not how life should be. So I, I am thankful uh, to be here today and to be in front of you. This is fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hey, you know, um, you know, we we've, we've been already been chatting it up. So we talked about so much. Um, you saw my new hair color. I saw your sassy yes. hats, and so <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And your funky and your funky glasses. So we've um, hopefully just gives the listener an image of what you look like, which is sassy hats and funky glasses and a whole yes. bunch of attitude. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Be it, I'm just being who, who I am. Yeah. And yeah. yeah sassy. Right? Yeah. Sassy what and classy. Uh, yeah. Those two can uh, occupy the same space at the same time. They can both can be true at the same time. What a, what a privilege to be able to be your full self. Yeah. I, yeah. I wasn't always able to be that because I grew up in uh, a space where you couldn't be yourself. You you had to be what everybody wanted you to be. Uh, and you were also quiet about it. Uh, and it was only recently, and by recently, I want to say in the past five years, that I truly embraced who and what I am uh, beyond my hats and my glasses, but realizing that why am I holding all of this in? Why am I carrying all of this baggage? You know, like, like I'm a, you know, bag lady. It's, it's ridiculous. And now that I have been open and sharing my story and, and the book has been published, I, I realize I really wasted a lot of time, energy, and effort being quiet wow. uh, and not sharing my story and not talking about it, even to people that are, have known me for decades. Um, it was, it was a waste of energy. Um, I probably could have been a, uh, a better friend mm. had I been more open, uh, probably could have been a better wife if I had been more open. Um, but when you grow up, uh, in a situation where, you know, everybody tells you to, to be quiet and keep your business to yourself and all of those kinds of things, um, 
you think, well, that's a part of me. So you carry it with you through your entire life. And it, it just takes usually one situation, instance, or dare I say life event to bring you to the place to realize, I don't want to do this anymore. And about five years ago, when uh, my husband encouraged me strongly to seek publication for my book, that I stopped caring. Um, and I'm glad that I did, because I'm a much better person now. Wow, wow, wow. That is, that's huge. And I think that a lot of people do stay silent, right? Um, but for, for various valid reasons, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the courage that it takes to um, to speak your truth in spaces and, and let's say this about topics that are not always um, welcomed at the table, um, yeah. it, it's, it says a lot about you. So I'm curious about how you felt when your husband encouraged you to go ahead and see public. I, you know, the, the first feeling quite honestly was I laughed at him <laughs> because I, I did because I told him that, who am I? I'm nobody. And my only, I didn't even have a reason for writing the book um, other than the fact that I was cleaning out my closet and, and ran across my old journals and started reminding myself of some of the things that I went through as a child. And I just wanted to put all of that information in one place. And he finally asked me, hey, what have you been working on? Let me see it. And I showed it to him. He's like, this is fantastic. You need to see about it being published. And I laughed at him because I asked him, who am I? I'm, I'm, I'm not an author. I'm, I'm nobody who, you know, and he said, but it's good though. Wow. And so I told him, I said, well, I, if I go the New York route and I sent my manuscript to New York or LA, because I'm a nobody, it's going to end up in the trash or, you know, in somebody's inbox forever and ever. Amen. And I didn't want that. I didn't want my story, my baby, my child, my, my thoughts to just end up being a paperweight for somebody. Um, so I looked into self-publishing and I like to think that I'm an educated, uh, articulate individual, went to college, graduated, all of that. But that realm is scary. It's weird. Yeah. It's a lot. It was, it was just too much. Um, so I, I went to what is called the hybrid model, which is uh, I did have to submit uh, my manuscript and all of that to this company. And uh, 10 days after I submitted it, they told me that absolutely they will publish my book. Um, five years later, I still have moments where I don't believe that I am a published author. Uh, never thought, yeah, I know you got it in your hand. I know. I, yeah, right that's here. me. That's all me. It is all me. Um, <laughs> but I never fashioned myself to be an author. I never fashioned myself to be a writer. Um, and yet I always have been. It was a saving grace for me because of the things that I was going through as a child. But what I didn't realize is that, is that I've been an author most of my life. It's just that I never saw it as that. Um, and here we are. 
And so it is, it is, um, it's exciting that not just friends and family have picked up my book and found some peace in it, found some comfort in it, um, but that in a company uh, was happy enough to put their name on the back of it and say, absolutely, we will represent you. <laughs> so, you know, that takes it to a, a different level. Um, it is available on Amazon. However, it's no longer available in paperback uh, because it's been sold out for at least a year now. Uh, and But you are able to get it uh, if you don't mind reading it as a digital copy uh, because the, the ebook is out there on Apple and Amazon. Um, but I will tell you that it was... It was tough at first because I was sharing parts of me that nobody knew about. Sure. Um, I was sharing parts of me that I'd hidden on purpose because I didn't want judgment. I didn't want people to change their minds about what they already knew about me because of my childhood. Uh, but now I have so many people that come to me after having read my book, thanking me for being open, for being honest. And then they begin to share theirs for the first time because now they're like, well, if Erica can share hers, um, I'm sharing mine kind of thing. And it's humbling for someone to come to you and tell you, something that they've kept so close to the vest. That's when you know that that is your life's purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, you hit on a few things that I want to make sure that uh, I'm over here taking notes. I want to make sure that we jump into. Um, definitely, it's a privilege to be able to talk to authors, but more than anything, it's a bigger blessing for me to talk to authors that I can absolutely relate to based on their story and mm -hmm. what they are sharing. And um, I am a huge advocate for, especially people in the in, in our community, but I'm all inclusive, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. typically the people that look like you and I and our fellow brothers and sisters, um, I'm an advocate for all of us to understand the power and weight of our ACEs, which is adverse childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. And in your book 13, I can place myself in this book. You are a native Washingtonian. Yes. And um, I got to make sure I give representation where representation to like your shout out. Absolutely. I'm a fourth generation Washingtonian and not many people can say that. Right. So, um, but I grew up in North Carolina and some mm -hmm. of the experiences that you share in 13, um, I experienced them in a little small town in North Carolina, right? Um, so although you were standing in DC sharing mm -hmm. this story about your experience, I found myself extracting, you know, the location, right? I'm being, I'm being displaced mm -hmm. back into a location up in North Carolina. And I'm standing there thinking like, wow, I, I can literally remember these same kind of scenes in my own personal life. And so um, 
aces is real. And I yes. know we can get to that in a second, but so much of 13 made me think about the adverse childhood experiences that you yourself have had, I've had, that many of us have had. Absolutely. And some of us normalize the behaviors like it's no big deal, but it, has, it shows up all along our lifeline. Um, Absolutely. And sometimes we don't even know why. We don't even know what's happening. But when we speak this truth like you did and so blatantly and so in your face, for me personally, you you can't turn away from it. You got to yeah. like, whoo, oh my, that was that was a big right. gulp. <laughs> right, right. So I thank you for the big gulp that you give us in this book. Um, but I'm curious to know, because I, I hear you and I know this had been tough and there's so many stories within you, Erica. You know, we've talked about it. You got to build in you. But getting this one out and allowing the world to see it because um, it's out, girl. You can't even. It's. I cannot put that genie back in the bottle. I, I cannot. So I cannot. How, like I want to. I want to cut to the curious on the, you know, on the vulnerability of it all. Like, Oof. how? Not how did it feel, but how did you manage what it feels like? How have you managed that? Oh my goodness. Um, in the beginning, I was still nervous about being judged Yeah, and didn't tell a lot of people that I was now a published author because they would want to read it. Oh. <laughs> and if they read it, then that meant that they now know my story. And <laughs> I was willing to feed it to the universe in teaspoons as opposed to a ladle. And the universe, on the other hand, was ready for a ladle. And how that happens is, is when you put your story in the right hands, they will take it the rest of the way. You don't even have to be that person to... to give it out to people, people will automatically talk about it because that's just the nature of, of people, whether something's good or whether something's bad, people are going to talk about it. So why right. did I think that I could give the book to 20 people and it not turn into this? Uh, I don't know. Um, but managing it was in the beginning was tough. And then one day it was, I'll be honest, uh, a older Caucasian woman mm -hmm. uh, read my book and asked me, uh, did we meet? And I, you know, of course, and she told me her story. And she told me that she had never, the only people who know her, knew her story at that point were the people that were involved. And she said, but I read your book and like you said, Queenie, it, in your face, yeah. very, you know, my book is very blunt. Uh, yeah. and gonna, I, can, I can hardly wait to read some of this out loud. <laughs> please do. Uh, and she said that after reading my book, she felt like because I was a woman telling my child story, that that is something that unfortunately in any community, black, white, purple, or brown, when you're a child, because you don't 
necessarily always understand what is going on. You keep it to yourself. You don't know how to process it. And like you said, it does show up later in life. It has no choice but to show up later in life. Um, but here I am in front of this woman who, uh, at the time, I want to say late 60s, early 70s, and she's telling me some gruesome details about her childhood. And after we talked, she's like, Whew. and we went on talking about the weather. And, and I was like, wait, 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 you cannot drop all of that in my lap and then say, you know, let's go on. But she's like, it felt so good just to talk about it. And I told her that I had been bound, literally, within my own body, not being my full self, because I was hiding someone else's transgressions. When you keep a secret, even if it's your girlfriend, oh, please don't tell anybody. Uh, I went out and spent the rent money and I don't know how I'm gonna get it back, but oh, I had to do this thing, whatever. And sometimes just telling one person, you just feel like the weight has been lifted just to put it in the air. Um, that is how, after I put that last period at the end of the book, it was just like, it was as if my shoulders could relax. And my body sort of went through this whew, thing. I had been in chains, literally, all this time, hiding something that I had no control over. It took some time to realize that that was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. If you do nothing wrong, why are you hiding it? It should be the transgressor hiding it. You can tell it because it happened to you. But because of shame, because of its family, because of all of these other things that really have nothing to do with you, you keep it in. It almost cost me my marriage, almost cost me my life, all because I didn't want anybody to know what someone else did. That shame is so thick in our community especially. It is time out for holding mama, daddy, auntie, uncle, cousin, whoever's secrets. It's not for you to have to hold. That's their mess. Your life is worth more than their mess. Yeah, for sure. And it took me almost five decades to realize Somebody else's trash was filling up my house. And that's a word. That's a word. That's a word. That's a word. 
Wow. So to those that are listening, um, tell you a little bit about 13, which is the name of the memoir that uh, Miss Jackson has authored. 13 is a memoir by a little girl named EJ and the roller coaster of a relationship she had with her father in 1970s and the 1980s, Washington, D.C. This raw narrative shows the good, the bad, and the ugly situations of EJ's childhood that would go on to color her view of the world around her for most of her adult life. Dark comedy, deadpan sarcasm, and frank language are used to frame the profound moments of EJ's journey into adulthood and explore the many lessons she learned along the way. Um, you share so much about your father in this book. And, you know, for me, my father was, he, he's since deceased, but he, from the moment I met him at 18, I've known, known all about him, but to memory met him um, at 18. Knew him, of course, when I was a baby, but we had, mm -hmm. you know, had some separation in our relationship. But at sure. 18, the moment I met him at 18 until he passed away in 2020. Um, mm. He was my best friend. So nice. Had any colorful negative stories, of mm -hmm. life, thankfully. But my mother, on the other hand, was so much like your auntie. <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you. There's so she many was people. She was buddy and your auntie mixed together. Missed together. Let me tell you, I that chapter, I'll be honest, um, A Lie By uh, is what the chapter is called, um, is so much my favorite. And the oh, one, God. yeah, and the one that I am probably the most colorful with because I really wanted the reader although I didn't know anybody was going to read it, but I wanted to help anybody who ever picked it up to not only just read the words and how I was feeling, but I wanted them to also have sight and sound to kind of go along with it. Um, it is my favorite chapter. Uh, and for those who are probably thinking that uh, and, and are trying to Google the word Eli by, uh, it's not there. Uh, it is a mixture of the word lie and alibi uh, and how thin those two words can be depending on the mm -hmm. circumstances. So, yeah, that is that is my favorite, too. Yeah, definitely. Um definitely my favorite and uh I, when, when I read books I I, I like books to um, liberate me yes to educate me or and on the flip side of liberate or or you know alongside liberate give me permission to right yes absolutely. and um this <laughs> That one chapter, which I, well, again, I, I enjoyed the book in its entirety, but I had to go back and talk about yes. the chapter that spoke volumes to me. And the read, because again, I'm I'm looking for certain things, right? I'm looking for liberation. Absolutely. You know, but this one permitted me to curse out adults as a child. Love it. And Love it. Love it. I don't care what anyone says. There are, 
that adults in your life need a good cussing out, even from a kid. Yes. And I get yes. it. Um, I know we talk about respect, but there are some real shitty adults. <laughs> Thank you. And and you should children. say that again for the people that yeah. may have I'll walked away to get a piece of so, Thank you. <laughs> you can hashtag that. But um, that do things in front of children. They do it in front of children, and we give excuses and absolutely make concessions for them, and we're quick to forgive them and not understanding the damage that it could have done to the child that witnessed it. And absolutely hearing, and I, I, I gotta, I have to read some of some of some people will understand, right? Just, I just, just want to read it. Maybe let me find a paragraph. That I thought was um, maybe maybe the part uh, in the very beginning where uh, I'm sitting where she comes out with the uh, tongue. Yes. Oh, I got it. I got it right here. I got I got a good one yeah. here. This is uh, this isn't the beginning of of the ally a lie by. Um, here's the one of my favorite paragraphs, and I, I just have to thank you because again. I saw the vision and I'm like, just cracking up in my head. Like, this, this is so accurate. Right? Lord forgive if any white folks read this. And they don't understand. Because they understand. <laughs> no shade to my white sisters and brothers, but I'm telling you, babies, <laughs> this is a Black thing. From this, Yes. So, unfortunately. There's a Black thing in this book. Here we go. Y'all ready? Put your seatbelt on. Let's get it. Um, it says, as I as I would part her hair in sections, that dandruff would be flying in the wind as if I had just blown ashes from the end of her cigarette butt. Um, oh yes, while I was getting the dandruff out of this bitch's scalp, she, she was always smoking a cigarette with one hand, in one hand, and drinking gin out of a water glass with the other hand. The smoke, the smell of gin, and the sight of this dandruff was sending my senses into overload. One more thing. And just when I thought that I couldn't take anything else, the phone rang and she would be cackling on the phone with somebody. Not to mention the fact that she would talk so loud that it was as if she was trying to tell the entire neighborhood what she was talking about. She was on a telephone and it does amplify one's voice, right? Lord, help me. And I'm thinking about this little kid sitting here heart and scratching scalp <laughs> on the stoop in DC. Oh my God. I could just, there's so much in this, in this part, in this um, particular chapter. I just giggled and I want to cry for the child that's witnessing mm. it. Um, I celebrate the card party because I'm like, oh my God, yes. it's so much fun. But then there's so much that comes with that part of the story. Correct. Um, I mean, when you decided to add this into this book, did you think about what the family would say when you really colorfully explain how you saw this experience in your life? I had, again, I, I never thought anybody uh, would ever read it uh, because, again. We're going to uh, write a book and hope nobody reads it. I understand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, because of the fact that I didn't think anybody would read it, I didn't care. 
So that's why I put all of myself in it. The only part of the book that has changed from what I originally wrote to publication is the epilogue because everything else was done. Yeah. I did not change a word. Yeah. Uh, they didn't, the publisher didn't want me to change a word. They liked it the way it was. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you though, since you mentioned that, that um, once the book was published and printed and, and cute and pretty, I presented it to my mother Ooh. and Ooh. my mother at her 75th, yes, yeah, 75th birthday get together, family, so-and-so, she called it trash. Mm -hmm. And my husband's face went blank. Uh, our son, who is a dark-skinned young man, uh, turned red because he was proud of his mother for this accomplishment. And yet his grandmother, who, you know, he had respect for, just said that his mother's book was trash. So it 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 was weird for like 10 seconds. It was that moment, like the words had escaped and it's like, now what do you do with that? Sure. And I said to my mother, how can you say that this is something that nobody in our family has ever done? Uh, and so far the feedback has been tremendous. And she said, because you told the family secrets. Wow. And my retort to that was, uh, do I know how to get into Fort Knox? Because that to me is a secret. Sure. I didn't think that me telling my truth was going to garner that from my mother who I thought and had hoped and who dare I say had almost prayed about I wanted to hear her say that she was proud of me absolutely and I never heard that wow and it bothered me for a while until I realized that she could not in her mind tell me that she was proud of me because of her own trauma insecurities and frustrations with life yeah um so for anyone who is listening and their child has written a story or has told something that happened in the home don't admonish the child for doing that they need the ability to be able to share because they need some comfort in what happened, whatever it was. Um, and dare I say, never tell a child that what you experienced was not real or didn't happen that way. Because however it happened and the way that the child processed it, it is truth for them. So just because the adult has the wherewithal, the child does not. And children obviously process differently. But the one thing my mother couldn't understand is that I needed to get it out. Um, just like my girlfriends, my mother's best girlfriend before she passed away, she had no idea that my mother had ever been married, much less 
went through, you know, a traumatic experience with her husband, my father. That is sick to me that we cover so much of our lives and our friends and family and, you know, extended family or whatever, don't get the opportunity to understand why he or she does this particular thing. My mother, unfortunately, never remarried, never could have a positive relationship after my parents divorced because she never dealt with her shit. Never. I'm thankful that I dealt with my shit. And I'm hoping that because I dealt with mine and the book is out there now, that more people start dealing with theirs. It's not about me. It's not about 1495. It's, it's none of that. It's about saving somebody's life and realizing that whatever happened in your childhood, whatever is happening in your life now, tell somebody. It'll save your life because it saved mine. That's super powerful. I just pause there because I just need people to hear that. Like, and it's okay to tell somebody. Um, it's okay to tell somebody. I, I, I implore people to find safe confidants, you know, safe mm -hmm. spaces to share. And if you don't have a safe space, create your own. Absolutely. Because you've got to get it out. Um, you've got to get it out. Yeah. I think back in that generation, like we're speaking about your mother and probably my, mm -hmm. mom, my grandmother and so on and so forth, you know, men men never talk, first of all. <laughs> right. So that the generation back then, men just didn't tell. Um, they didn't tell. Um, and excuse me, I think women, we chose what we exposed, right? And mm -hmm. uh, what we disclosed. Um, we make gossip about someone else, but we never air our own laundry. Never telling somebody, telling your own. Absolutely. Yeah, never really. Yeah. So, so we spent a lot of time suppressing um, what was really going on. And I think generationally, we've passed that down to a lot of women. Now, we are currently in a time where people talk and maybe they even overshare. However, um, it's to me personally, it's better than the opposite because I think, mm -hmm. absolutely. Here, you know, secrets kill. And they, they killed generations. Yes. Um, they've stunted the growth of so many individuals and they've passed that on. Um, so it's like it's like um they have inherited it or it's hereditary that correct the correct. silence is um part of the family culture. Mm -hmm. um, and all these things go on and they happen and they repeat themselves over and over again. So I think there is power in breaking the cycle. Um, yes, absolutely. that hurt. Secrets um, that harm. You know, we, we ignore Uncle Joe and his, you know, sadistic, sick behaviors. Um, Correct. And, behaviors towards. And say, oh, that's just yeah. Uncle Joe. You know exactly. how he exactly. is. Exactly. No, um, Uncle Joe is a rapist. Uncle right. Joe is a yeah, pedophile. We, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we ignore that. And Uncle Joe is influence and the other little nephews and the other little boys is growing mm -hmm. up. We just keep perpetuating the, the thing, right? So I think that we must stop it. We must speak about it. And you don't look like what you've been through, right? Um, right. That encourages other people 
uh, I never thought that, I, that God would choose me to be a martyr, right? Um, right. So to have me go through what I've gone through, allow me to be <clears throat> thankful, and then tell the story for others. Um, so others might, one, not have to go through or may heal from it. Um, but here we are. And here we are. Absolutely. We are. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I, I want to, one another um, paragraph that's in this book. Please I, do. Because again, I want others to, to go pick it up. Um, in your chapter, Grand, Grand Union. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a, uh, a paragraph here that spoke volumes and it jumped right out at me when I was reading it. But here we go. Um, can you imagine that conversation? My mother in her best June Cleaver voice. Kids, please come downstairs so that we can talk. As we saunter downstairs, my mother would be standing in the dining room holding an apple pie with her plaid apron uh, uh, around her waist and the most welcoming smile. I know you realize that your dad smacked the shit out of me this evening, and I wanted to make sure that you are okay, or if you had any questions. If not, this may happen again, because your dad is a flaming asshole, but I'm also, but I'm always here to talk to you about your feelings so that you would be all right and not too scared. That's all for now, but just know mommy is always here to answer any of your questions. Now go ahead back to your room and play. Mommy is going to stay down here and think of ways to kill your dad without leaving any evidence. Smooches, mommy loves you. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about this. Talk to the people. I mean, the, the humor that you use again, just, you know, I, I, I pulled pieces out. Of course, there's a backstory yes. there. But um, can you just talk a little bit about how you chose, where did this come from? Let me say it that way. Okay. Um, in my life, uh, most of my unfortunate events, I try and find the humor in it so that I'm not so consumed by it. But a lot of, and I even say this in the introduction of the book, that a lot of things that happened in my life, I will make funny because they were just so ridiculous like I can't that make you, this shit up. I can't make this shit up. So because I can't make this shit up, I'm just like, y'all gonna think that I'm crazy, but um, so I found the humor in a lot of things um at a very early age, because that was my way of coping with yeah. it. Um, so the way that my process, if you will, and I didn't even know I had a process, uh, is that in the book you get a introduction to that particular chapter or event you get how I felt about it and what actually happened in that event and then sure. at the very end you get kind of a commentary of how sure. I feel about it now as a grown woman yes um but that particular one is the first time that I knew that my father struck my mother and after it happened and he went back down into the basement to drink smoke or whatever the hell he was doing, I didn't care. In my head, I'm like, are we going to talk about what just happened? And it was as if it happened. But we went back to life as if this event had not happened. And I'm like, 
in my head thinking, well, how would you approach that particular thing? Because my mother was, uh, you know, during this time when she was married, she was a very demure woman. She, you know, was what women were back then. You took care of the family, you took care of your husband, you know, all of that old foolishness. And I'm thinking, how would that conversation go? Huh? How do you broach that subject with your children? Yeah. And the the one thing, you know, because back then television people, most of the people that may or may not uh, be listening to the podcast may not understand, but television back then um, was very G rated. Mm -hmm. Um, You got two people who are married and even have a child and they sleeping in separate beds. Oh, that just seems crazy. So in the 70s, how do you have that kind of conversation about something that is so traumatic? Yeah. And the first thing that came to my mind was June Cleaver, because that was kind of the model of, of motherhood and wifelyhood, you know, during those times. And there's no cute way to broach that subject. Right. So she was the first person that came to my mind. And I kind of was just like, let's see how we can do this. Yeah. And I think it's, it's hysterical. It is hysterical. And it, uh, you can tell and say it all at the same it's time. At the same time. Yeah. You can tell that it's written from a desire to understand how would, yeah. how could my mom have explained this and we been able to, or I would understand it, digest it and understand it. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, like, sure, we want to cuss dad out, right? Sure, we want right. to say, it's it's easy. Um, sh- at the same time, sure, I want to make sure you're okay. Um, sure, I want you to know what I'm doing while you go back. I'm gonna figure out a way I'm gonna whip his ass. You know what I mean? It's just right. like, it's hilarious, but it's so, so true. Because I think personally for me, I would probably, if, if I'm honest, right? If I'm right. honest, I would probably have thought something like that. If, if I could just tell my kids, like, hey, give me a moment. Oh, mom's gonna get a step together and put my, put my rouge back on. Put my right? rouge back on, right? Absolutely. Put my rouge back on, and the air bob, yep. the air bob came out. I'm going right. back up to that room while I get this water boiling because I'm about to go in there. <laughs> right. And and somebody, somebody going to jail and somebody's going to hell. That's it. I mean, that's just what it is. Exactly. But when I when I read that, I was just I, I totally envisioned it was funny to me. Like I said, it was funny and, and sad because I understood right. where it was coming from. But it was such a skip moment that I was just like, yeah. oh, I could see this like on a on a screen where this is the truth. Like, yes. Yeah, come on down here, honey. Let me just let y'all know mama's fine. You know? Mama's fine, mama's fine. I didn't bake just um, apple pie and everything. Um <laughs> because again, we hit so much. And even after, so people know, even after my parents, you know, ultimately after 20 years of marriage, ultimately, you know, separated and then divorced, we still never talked about it. Wow. It was yeah, I no discussion. Yeah, I guess we that. just, we just, life just, like that was Tuesday, yeah. tomorrow's Wednesday. And we're going to continue with life like it never happened. Uh, 
daddy's not going to be here anymore. There was none of that. Right, right. None of that. None of that. Right. right. Um, yeah, they, there's so many times I think in our, and this is life in general. So if they're going to listen, you know, this ain't a war is me moment. In life, you're going to be filled with um, incompletes. Uh, mm-hmm. You will be filled with moments where you wish you had closure and you don't have the closure that you desire. You have to learn to give yourself the closure. Um, Absolutely. And sometimes in life, you have to accept the open-ended and just be like, yeah. you know, that's life as well, right? Um, as long as you're living, there's still time. So Absolutely. You just never really know how it's all going to end up. It's it's really finding your 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 finding within yourself to be satisfied with it. Um, yes. All is well with my soul. So. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it it, um, it took longer than it sh- I shouldn't dare I say should have, but I think that I needed to go through all of you know not just what I went through as a child but what I went through as an adult to try and process it all. Uh, especially yeah. because I didn't have that closure. I didn't get to have that conversation mm-hmm. with my dad and ask him that hard why question. Yeah. Um, but frankly, I don't think that even today he would even know the answer. I think he thought that he was living his best life mm-hmm. uh, doing what made him happy. Yeah. And the collateral damage of his children didn't factor in his mind. Um, But, you know, I tell people all the time that what happens from the time that you are born until the time you're 25, you don't forget it because your brain is still forming. You're a sponge. Mm -hmm. So the things that you experienced as a child or an early young adult, you will not forget it the same way we don't forget nursery rhymes. Um, because it is ever so ingrained in your brain, but we can't remember what we had two, three nights ago for dinner. That is how the brain works. It's nothing we can do about it. Uh, No amount of, you know, me being busy will ever help me forget what happened. It's just a matter of reconciling with yourself that this is what had, this was the family I was supposed to be born into. Yeah. And dare I say that God allowed all of this to happen in my life so that 50 years, 50 plus years now later, that I would be in a position to help save someone's life. That is my only purpose is to help save that person who thinks that the only way for them to forget their childhood is to drink it away to use drugs to get rid of it, to commit suicide, uh, to get into, you know, bad relationships and all of that because you feel like that's all you know. That is why I am, I've let that hate go for him. And it was unnecessary anyway. Um, But that's the journey is that God will allow things to happen in your life in the hopes that when you get on the other side of that thing, that you will share the good news that you are on the other side of it mm-hmm. and that it will spread. I I often tell people that I hope that my book is that pebble in the pond where you see that ripple, you throw the pebble in the pond and then it, you know, ripples. Yeah. Um, 
that's what I want my story to be is that pebble in the pond and that people make different choices and realizing you're not going, no, again, no amount of alcohol, drugs or anything is going to make that part of your life go away. Just realize that it's not your fault. Not your fault. That's the thing I think a lot of people get stuck in is the blame, the mm. self-blame, the self-shame. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned it earlier, like oftentimes we put more energy in keeping the secrets of perpetrator mm-hmm. than we do in freeing ourselves and speaking our truth. Now, again, there's a lot of valid reasons why that happened, but enough is enough. Enough is enough. I mean, why I have been unfortunately I have have been sexually assaulted more than once mm-hmm. and I don't mind sharing that now because I realized that I'm not the only person male female boy girl that yeah. has ever been sexually assaulted so why am I holding that as if I was the one who did the assaulting yeah exactly 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 that's a, it's a hard 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 thing sometimes for some of us um yeah I yeah. too stand with you being sexually assaulted and, and all these things happened when I was in my younger years pre absolutely yes um, but I think about my well, why did I keep that secret I often would, would ask myself just beating myself up and much like you and you know we've talked but my maturity level or so I thought back then was through the roof right so I always mm-hmm far more mature than my counterparts at my age. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I had to be. I don't know. I just grew up a little different. Yes, absolutely. But, um, for me, I blamed myself thinking I could have gotten out of it. I should have known better. I mm-hmm. trusted the person. I, yep. you know, so I put a lot of it on me. Here it is. I'm 40 plus years old. And if I'm not careful and very mindful, I'll put things on myself that that's yes. mine to hold. Absolutely. Now. So some of us are just wired to think that we can do better than the thing that happened to us. And yes. instead of owning that, we really had no power in that. None. And the power comes after you get up and survive and you get away from it. Now, what can you do, right? Um, we speak up, we talk. Yes. Here, and we hold people accountable, right? Um because that's important. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you're not in a position, you know, if it was a random situation and you you aren't unable mm-hmm. to hold that person um, accountable, mm-hmm. that too is okay. As long as you release that from you, because you did not do it. You didn't do it. Something happened to you. You didn't happen to it. All right. Correct. Let's- I got one other one I got to read here. I got to pivot. Please. I know like we could chat and I want to make sure that um, when I drop the show for those that are listening, um, you know, they get one part and then part two and, you know, and then get to know you, they'll find out more about you. Um, But I want to jump in just one last part of this book. Excuse me. And this is something I tend to ask my guests whenever we are um, previously, when I'm meeting with guests, I always want to know things that they've learned, like things that life has mm-hmm. taught them. And uh, again, I'm just curious. I'm curious about how people made it, right? Um, right. You know, what did you learn in that incident? Uh, what did life teach you? You know, mm-hmm. uh, 
and in your book, you share things I've, I learned along the way. So I was like, perfect. I didn't have to even ask her. By the time I got to the right. end, I was like, oh my gosh. It was like kindred spirits over here, right? So right. <laughs> so in, in this, you you share, you said, uh, there's so much in this small little write-up, right? Yes. That, again, speaks volume. And I want to point this out. You said, all I wanted was peace. It took a lot of years and hard work to get me to the peaceful place that I am in today, but it was well worth it. It took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to purge the negative that was clogging my brain. And finally, it is done. Life is going to throw you some curveballs, trust me. Rather than trying to learn how to play baseball, learn how to duck. Don't waste all of your time trying to fight every challenge that comes your way. That's a waste of good energy. Focus your time and talent, which we all have, and work on being a better you. Rise above the foolishness and see your goals materialize. I always say that I dream in color because I want to be able to truly envision what life has in store for me. I could have wrote that line. That's I love it. All day. So thank you so much for for putting that in here, for tapping in, for allowing God absolutely to use you and to to speak a truth that many of us can relate to. Um, it is. It, it was. Yeah. It was easy. It, it was easy because I lived it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. Again, I, I didn't expect anybody to ever read my book, so I figured I was going <laughs> to let it all hang out. You know, I, right. I was just going, whatever it was, I, I wanted to say it, but it is so true that yeah. I spent a lot of time doing nothing mm. for me and my mental health and well-being that when I looked back, I was like, I did, I spent a lot of time focusing on keeping a secret and not living, it was just wow. existing was just existing I was not living and when you exhale when you finally get to that place where you have let something out that you have been holding this bile think of it that way just and and I I I hate to be graphic but I only know how to be who I am is think about being constipated for 50 years and finally being able to eliminate Mm -hmm. It's that feeling that I had Mm -hmm. that I didn't even know that I was clogged. Mm. I had no idea until I let it out. Mm. Um, So dare I say that when I say in my book that duck, because everything that comes your way you don't have time for it. You don't have the energy for it. And most of it is stupid. So duck and dodge that out of your way. The things that you need to focus on, that you need to give time to, that you need to pour into, sow those seeds. Don't water the weeds. Mm-hmm. So much of what people do to process what they're going through is watering a weed. Mm-hmm. And a weed has no nutrient. It has nothing of substance in it. And yet 
we put so much of ourselves in that thing. When if you watered a plant just once a week, gave it some light, not even a whole bunch of light. After a few months, you'll start seeing buds, you'll start seeing growth. But you got to be patient. Whereas if you water a weed overnight, it's six feet tall because that's negative and it's bullshit. Yeah. If you're patient and you give your life a little bit of water and a little bit of light, dare I say you will grow into a beautiful flower that at one point you won't even recognize. And I finally gotten to that place where I was watering Erica instead of watering the hate that I had for my childhood. Mm-hmm. I had to cut it off. I had to dig up that weed. You can't just cut a weed because if you cut it, it's going to grow back. I had to dig that weed up so that it did not have the opportunity to resurface in my life again. I don't want it back. I don't want that. I want nutrients. I want richness. I want color. I want something that is going to, when it's mature, it is going to be so beautiful that even my eyes will not even understand what I'm beholding. But it did not happen until I dug up that weed. The weed was choking, choking, dare I say, the rose, that fragrant, beautiful flower that was me. The weed was choking it. So it wasn't until I got that shovel, i.e. putting my business out in the street, as some people might think it is, But once I shared my story and let go of the hate, I started feeling my growth. Mm -hmm. I started seeing the colors, the technicolor that my life is supposed to be. And now I'm in a position where I can share it. But it it had to come after the weed was gone. I, that's, that's all I got. I love it. it is, I, I, I want people to understand that I know who my father is and I disliked a lot of things that he did. But hate is just as strong of a word as love. And we have to be careful how we use it because I can't hate him without hating myself because he is a part of me Every day that I wake up, he is not a part of my mother. My mother can hate him and go on with the rest of her life. She is fine. But I can't because every day I look in the mirror, I see a part of him. And I don't hate me anymore, but I don't hate me. So we got to get out of that hate mode. Dig it up. Throw it away. For sure. There's peace and forgiveness. There's oh my a gosh. peace and forgiveness. It is beautiful. It is. It is. We uh, won't forget it, of no, course. No, 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 no. It, it happened. 
<laughs> yes. No question. But, but there's peace in um, forgiveness. And uh, it's hard sometimes. But I often ask, I used to ask myself, um, what do I gain? What do I gain by holding on to the pain of it all? Mm, nothing. Except more pain. And 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 here here's the deal. And I give myself permission to be mad and hate you for a moment. I mean, absolutely. Right? Well, that's, it's valid. It's, it's feeling. I feel it. It's real. Makes you human. That's right. But there comes a time where I gotta do away with that so that yeah. I can move on. And yeah. there is such a peace and a liberation, a freeing. Mm-hmm. I forgive it and let it go. Like there's yeah. nothing. Again, I'm I'm all about holding accountable those that we need to hold accountable but when we don't forgive the situation enough to allow ourselves to become free um it, it's a it's like a um it's like a repeat to the injury constantly it's just mm-hmm. it, thing is to it's a cancer on a, it is and it's, it's a cycle and it doesn't get better no absolutely I think not we have to get to the root of why because someone's difficult yes forgiving someone get to the root of that and figure out why right when you can forgive in your own time forgive and let that thing go so yeah. that it allow you to go um absolutely and that's why yeah. i said earlier that about being an onion is that we often see on the news uh young people and and the you know the the violence and all of those things kill back that onion and find out the why yeah they're not doing it because they have nothing else to do that's right yeah find out the why Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then once you figure out the why then you can treat the problem it's just like any other sickness illness disease or what have you you go into your doctor's office and say oh my god my head hurts my head hurts you know it hurts uh they'll say okay take some motrin but what if the pain doesn't go away now we need to do some more exploration to find out the root of that pain. The same is with us. Mm-hmm. Once you find out the root of the pain, then you can start working on a diagnosis for yourself mm-hmm. and how to m- manage it uh, and make it better. Mm-hmm. But you got to peel back the onion first and stop just treating the symptoms. Treat the disease. Mm-hmm. We can symptom manage forever. We can just keep sprinkling yeah. something over top of it. But until you figure out the why, then you can start treating, truly treating the, the actual problem. Mm-hmm. Well, Erica, this has been a great chat about thirsty. Yes. Um, you and I have plans in the future to continue to work together and to do some marvelous things. Absolutely. Um, forward to that. I'm looking forward to you coming over so we can live record um we can yes. hang out uh over here at my place <laughs> absolutely and um so so of course to the listeners they will have an opportunity to actually meet you uh and see yes. you uh, and i together on an upcoming show where we will be um, chatting it up in person and uh but this time we're starting with talking about this book i just thought it was um it's an easy read it's fun read um it's a heartfelt read yeah um and I, I thought it would be a good opportunity just to kind of get into it a little bit and uh, pique the curiosity of others because, again, I'm yes. so curious. And um, 
it's it's just one of those reads that again for me it 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 causes me to reflect um on my own life and if you've ever gone through something uh, especially as a child um or if you uh you know had some pretty colorful adults in your life when you were young this book is for you definitely read it and um i think you'll just gain so much from it uh like i said it is fun but it is in your face there's so many uh, great phrases. Um, I love the way you speak in in this book, and so uh, and and since I know you have gotten to know you, I can hear your voice. You can hear, yes, absolutely, absolutely. As I'm reading it, and so um, so to those that are listening, uh, go out there, find thirteen. I think Erica mentioned that you can download it now. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry that you. I, I got a I got a copy, so I can put it right in my purse. And I love yes. that. Um, but um, I have so many little markings all through it from just yes. reading every chance. <laughs> I when I was out of appointment so, or on the elliptical, you know. Right. Um, you get a chance, download this book, read it. Tell me what your thoughts are. Um, email the author, you know, let her know what your thoughts are. Uh, and um, remain healthy and kind and positive. Uh, in your responses and your emails to her so please don't be all rude and nasty we don't we're not here for the terrible energy um but definitely let's let's talk about it it's just a really good book so um erica uh before we go before we shut off i would love for the listeners to be able to find you if you can tell us because people may want to check you out on linkedin or any social media or okay uh let me teach you uh, there is no locating me, not that I'm, 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 I'm a secret or I'm hidden away. Uh, and Miss Queenie said that she, you know, feels that more people need to know where I am so that I am, you know, more accessible because I, I do have a platform. And so far, you know, I, I've only been doing word of mouth. Um, and that's kind of for a variety of reasons, not because of shame or I'm hiding or anything. It's just I don't know if I want to be that accessible, Sure. Uh, because there's there's a lot of things that come along with that. Um, and plus, I'm of a certain age where, you know, social media isn't just my jam. I mean, that's just what it is. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I do have a, a email address that is uh, just for the book. And that's 13, all spelled out. So it's T-H-I-R-T-E-N, the book at gmail.com. So it's 13, T-H-I-R-T-E-E-N, T-H-E-B-B, oh, okay, uh, at gmail.com. Um, feel free to ask me any questions about the book. Um, if you have had any difficulty, which you shouldn't, uh, with the electronic copy, let me know, because that's important information for me to know. Um, but there are also, um, there's a second run of the books that is currently going on. Uh, which is fantastic. I'm not sure if they've given, I think it's November, I want to say, that the second run uh, will be made available. Uh, So if you want to wait until then, and then the books will be back again, um, back on Amazon again, and and, uh, other local retailers, uh, sure. Uh, But it is 128 pages. When I tell people that, they're like, oh, that's, that's, that's very little, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's the kind of book, although it's an easy read, it's you can't just read it through in one one sitting. You kind of got to let it sit with you for a minute. Um, so don't be shocked by the number of pages. There's a lot of meat 
uh, in those 128 pages. Um, but yeah, so email me uh, your comments, your questions, uh, and with Miss Queenie's help, maybe the next time uh, we will see if there's a little bit more of the universe uh, from an electronics point of view that I will get myself into. Um, I, I thank you, Queenie, for this time. I thank all of those uh, who have listened. Um, I thank you so much for this time. Um, we have to be in this together. Uh, it really does take a village to not just raise a child, but it takes a village to raise us all. And we may have come into this world by ourselves, but we can't live in this world by ourselves. So if there's something that I can say, something that I can do to get you to a better place, that's that's my life's purpose. Uh, and that's what I'm here for. So email away. And I look forward to meeting all of you the next time. Absolutely. Um, before we go, did I mention that Erica is the actual speaker? Did I mention like, okay, I probably didn't mention that. I probably should have plugged that in there because I came in as if she is an author who writes books that she don't want anyone to read, but. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yes. But let me add, okay, that, that she is not only an author. <laughs> There's a lot of things that Erica does and she is a speaker. So yes, we will make sure that people will have links and things like that to find you. Um, because again, she may not be out there a ton, but when she is, she's, she leaves you with a ton. So um, she is a speaker. Let me make sure that I put that out there. Miss Jackson is a speaker. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I am, yeah, I, yeah. I am a speaker. And um, as Queenie stated, uh, when I do speak, I, I leave it all on the floor. I'm, yeah. I'm, I give you 110%. Yeah. And it's purposeful because, again, I'm trying to save somebody's life. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So um, to my listeners, this is it. Uh, thank you for tuning in to um, Cut to the Curious podcast. And it's your girl, Queenie Love, former host of the Relationship Zone podcast. And um, I'm still here doing what I love to do, which is bridging the gap between the people I know and the people that you should know. So, um, <laughs> and I love, love diving into their why. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening and Catch me on the next show. Thank you again.